Well, maybe it's, maybe it's just me. I don't, probably not. But I get tired of all of the talking heads on the news telling us that their opinion is the correct opinion. Can I get an amen in the house? Isn't that something? Everybody's just, these talking heads just telling us what, what they say is the right opinion. And while I'm on, on a roll here, those, those Facebook posts, you know, those of you who are on Facebook by these well-intended people who, have, who, who don't have all the facts about an issue, yet they want us all to agree with them. And if we don't press the little like, then we don't support them, and there's Facebook politics involved, and it's a, it causes drama. You know, there are a lot of voices in the world today that are telling us what we need to believe, what we need to do, and then how we should do it. Lots of voices. I mean, it's, it's tough to, to sift through all the clatter just to make sense of it. And it's true. I'm just another voice in your head, too, telling you what you need to do. So how are we supposed to sift through all these voices so that we can hear God's voice? That's the voice we really need to hear. That's at the heart of our scripture passage today. See, before he became the most important person in his nation, we find a young boy named Samuel in a strange position. He's not at home. He's not being raised by his parents. He's being raised by an old blind priest named Eli. You may remember the account of Samuel's amazing mother, Hannah, from 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah desperately longed for a child. But she was barren. She couldn't have children. And when God answered her prayer, she had the integrity despite how difficult it was to return the baby back to God to be raised in the temple by Eli. It's a heart-wrenching story. And this fall, we're going to take a sermon and we're going to look at Hannah's story. Uh, so, um, so we'll look forward to that. Now, in, in, in all honesty, <laughs> Eli probably wasn't the best choice to be a surrogate parent for young Sam. You see, Eli's sons were known for their nastiness. They weren't known for being very, well, let's just say they made poor decisions in life. Isn't that that a nicer way of saying it? These were bad dudes. So to drop off your baby to be raised by the father of these bad dudes took a lot of faith for this young Hannah. So here they are. Here's little Samuel being raised in the temple and Eli is his surrogate parent. And one night when, when they were sleeping, Samuel heard somebody calling him. Samuel! Samuel! They weren't sleeping in the same room, so he gets up and he runs to Eli and he says, I'm here. What do you need? Well, if you've ever been woken up in the middle of the night by your child who thinks that they have an emergency, but they don't. No, it's okay, go back to sleep. The old priest, I'm sure, was frustrated. I didn't call you, go back to bed. It's the middle of the night, everything's fine. Good night. 
A little while later, the same thing happens. Samuel's laying there in bed, and he hears his voice. Samuel! Samuel! So the young kid runs back to the snoring priest. I'm here. What is it? What do you need? And if you're a parent with a child who will not go to sleep, but keeps waking up in the middle of the night, I told you, boy, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Quit waking me up. You're having a bad dream or something. Or you can be like my dad did once when I told him that I was, felt sick to my stomach and I was in the middle of the night. He said, there's a bucket in the garage. <laughs> I think, yeah. So a third time it happens. And this time, since Eli obviously couldn't sleep anyway, he starts thinking... You know, who is calling this kid? It's not, I mean, I'm not. There's nobody else here. Maybe it's God. Maybe God's calling him. So when Samuel comes in, he says, look, lay down in your room, and when you hear somebody calling to you, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, maybe Eli just had a ploy this will keep the kid away from me and I can get some sleep. Or maybe Eli really was trying to offer some counsel to this young boy. So sure enough, when young Sam heard somebody calling his name again, he did just what Eli instructed him to do. He said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And when God spoke to Samuel that night, and when Samuel listened, it began a relationship with God that would remain with Samuel for the rest of his life. And it was a relationship with God that didn't just stay with Samuel, but became a blessing on all of God's people, including us today. I think we have to remember when we hear this story just how it was set up. See, we're told in verse 1 of our scripture passage that it was uncommon for people to hear from God in those days. See, either God wasn't speaking or the people weren't listening. That's why the second half of verse 1 is such a heartbreaking verse. Hearing from God was such a rare occurrence in those days that it was important enough to put in this scroll that Samuel wrote. Is it uncommon today for people to hear from God? Is God speaking today, or is it just that we're not listening? And then we're told in verse 7 something really quite interesting, actually. Verse 7 says that although Samuel lived and worked with the priest Eli in the tabernacle, he didn't yet know the Lord. Think about this. Here's this holy little kid. 
God is speaking to him. He lives with a priest. He lives in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was. And he didn't know the Lord. Makes me wonder how many people today are working in the church who don't yet know the Lord. But then again, maybe we should just stick with Samuel's story this morning. Well, you know, kudos to Eli for not getting all offended with this. Think about this. What could have gone through Eli's mind? Wait, kid, God is speaking to you? I'm the priest. I'm the one who knows the Lord. I'm his priest after all. You don't even know the Lord. And God's speaking to you? I mean, Eli could have been pretty upset at God for bypassing him for a kid. But instead, look at what Eli does. He instructs this young Sam how to hear the voice of God. And not only that, he tells this young boy how to respond to God. See, Eli knew. He knew he had made mistakes with his own boys. He knew it. This was his second chance to be a spiritual mentor for this young kid. God was speaking to this boy, and Eli didn't want this holy moment to pass in Samuel's life. You know, there are times when when we are interrupted. We're doing something very important. And someone so rudely interrupts us. And we might just, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. Maybe God is speaking into their life and they need us at that moment. What are we doing when God puts these Samuels in our lives? Are we going to teach them how to hear the voice of God and how to respond. And and notice in Eli's instruction to Samuel, he doesn't just tell young Samuel what God's trying to say to him. That would have been tempting for me. Samuel, go back to your room. When God talks to you, he wants you to clean out the barn. Boy, you'd have all kinds of power, couldn't you? This is what God is really trying to tell you, Sam. Sleep in late. See, sometimes for us, all we have to do is point people in the right direction and allow God to speak directly to them. See, often we, we mistakenly believe that we have to be the ones to give spiritual advice all the time. You you may have children or grandchildren who seem lost and they need direction in their lives. Maybe instead of just telling them what they need to do, maybe the best thing we can do for them is to help them learn how to hear God's voice. 
And I suppose this, this leads us to another question. How do we know when the voice calling us is Eli or God? How do we tell the difference between the voices that we hear in the world and the voice of God? That's a tough one, isn't it? See, there's so many voices around us that are yelling life instructions to us. And many of these voices are contradicting each other. Maybe a voice calling to us is saying, you know, God doesn't care how you live. Do whatever you want. That's what freedom in Christ is all about. But then we hear another voice that might say, God loves you too much to let you keep living like that. They're opposites. How do we know which one is really from God? Well, I think one way to tell the difference is is to remember that God doesn't contradict himself. I mean, for example, if we sense the need or desire to do something that, that the Bible is consistent in telling us not to do, we can probably safely assume that that need or desire isn't coming from God. For example, we might say, well, I read in the Bible and it says that we shouldn't murder. But you know, that was written so long ago. We've come a long way since then. We live in different times. We're educated now. Do you see how mixed up that logic is? Since the nature of who God is doesn't change. His truth doesn't change either. What I see in our culture today is that people believe that truth and opinion and experience are all the same. They're all wrapped up into one. People might say, well, I know the Bible says that, but I believe something different because that's my experience. See, when, when that becomes our foundation for discerning God's voice, it, it means that we've become the God of our lives. We're listening to ourselves. And all that does is invite confusion and chaos in our lives. And that's certainly not what God wants for us. I think the best way for us to discern which voice is God's voice is simply living faithfully to God. See, but when our lives are faithful to God, we're, we're better able to hear his voice. This gives us a desire to rid our lives of all the competing voices that want to distract us from God. Maybe what we need in our lives is more focused Bible reading. Maybe we need more undistracted prayer time. Maybe if you are a writer or a poet, you need like a life journal every day to, to, to just get on paper or in your computer how your relationship with God is going. See, God speaks to us in powerful ways through activities like this. One of my temptations is that I am so competitive about everything that I compete with myself. I'm going to say, okay, 
I am just going to get through this chapter of the Bible as fast as I can. I'm going to see how fast I can read this and then move on to the next one. I mean, I compete with myself all the time. Have y'all seen that they, they have now in a Christian bookstore the one-minute Bible? Have y'all seen that? I was almost escorted out of a store in Lexington for how I reacted to this. But I wasn't. I didn't blow my Christian witness. Read the Bible as fast as you can. Move on to the next thing. Now, how in the world, please tell me how that's going to help draw us closer to Jesus. To get God out of the way so we can get on to other things. We do that. How are we supposed to hear the voice of God in Scripture? What if we read and reread a single paragraph of Scripture for an entire week? Ever thought about that? Take just one section of the Bible, a little paragraph, and every day for a week, read it. Allow God's word to sink into our hearts like a steady, soaking rain. That's what the word of God can do to us if we spend time in it. See, the the reality for all of us is that and this is for me, is that we might hear God speaking to us, but it may take a while for his words to actually sink in. See, God had to call Samuel three times. Remember in John 21, Jesus had to say the same thing to Peter three times before Peter understood what Jesus was trying to say to him. And I'm still not convinced Peter understood at that moment what Jesus was trying to say. All right, we've been flying around talking about this. Let's land this plane. Is God calling your name today? Do you think God's still calling our names? I do. I think every moment of our lives... God is calling us, wanting to get our attention, to open our eyes to the world around us in a way that he sees the world and not the way that we see the world. To look beyond a Sunday morning Christian smile that someone may give you because behind that smile they're hurting. God's calling our names all the time. When you're here, when you're at work, when you're with your kids, and when he's calling you, what might he be trying to tell you? It's probably different for each one of us. And is your life positioned in a way that you're able to discern that voice, if that voice is calling you, is God or if it's Someone or something else? Are you living your life in a way so that you can tell when it's really God speaking to you? And when God speaks to us, it's not just just an audible voice, it could be. A lot of times the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our heart and we get this overwhelming feeling that we need to do something, that we need to pray for somebody, 
You don't know how many times I'll just be going throughout the day and God will place on my heart in a deep way one of you. And I'll just stop and I'll just pray. And then we find out later that at that moment you were going through something. Now, I don't always listen to God. I've got too many other things to do, right? But do we truly listen? See, we can't live our lives with the values of the world and then wonder why God seems so distant. As I've said this before, you're going to get tired of hearing this. God doesn't force himself on us. He gives us the freedom to willingly choose how we're going to live our lives. Now, of course, God's will for our lives is that we live faithfully for him. I mean, that's the only way to experience true joy in life is to live a faithful life for God. But there are many voices in the world that's calling our name. And my prayer for myself and for all of us is that we'll only listen to the voice of God. Now that can come through someone else. Eli spoke into Samuel's life, didn't he? So we don't block off everything someone has to say to us. Because God could be using them to, to, to minister to us. I know that you hope and you pray for those closest to you in your life, the ones that you love the deepest, that they too will always listen to the voice of God. And when God calls their name, maybe we can encourage them to respond the same way Eli told Samuel to respond. Lord, I'm here. What do you have to say to me? I'm ready to listen. See, every single day of our lives, every single day, every hour of our lives, God speaks to us. The real issue is whether or not we're listening. That's the hard part. Let's pray.